So where is the matter in the universe? Well, we're pretty familiar with the stuff here on Earth, but out in the universe, well, where's all this matter? Maybe we can draw a correlation between this and where the dark matter is. Well, in terms of energy density, all energy in the universe is mass. And, equivalently, all mass in the universe is stored up energy. Think about it this way. If you were to walk up to the top of a flight of stairs, you gain a certain amount of potential energy. But because mass and energy are technically equivalent by Einstein's famed E equals mc squared law, you would have gained a tiny, tiny, ridiculously incalculable amount of mass. So all those weight loss programs that you try are still no match for climbing up a flight of stairs and still gaining a little bit of weight. If we take some uh, uranium-235 and we apply E equals mc squared to it, we get a big problem. We get a huge amount of energy released into the universe. This is one of the principal workings of matter, is that matter is energy, and energy is matter. If we were to convert all that energy from that nuclear blast, compress it down and put it in some wacky uh, box of physics, out would come a little bit of matter. Perhaps some uranium-235, but probably mostly hydrogen. So where did this matter come about? Maybe if we can find out what, where this matter came about, it'll give us a clue as to where dark matter came about. Well, the origin of stuff, all the things that we're familiar with, came from something called Big Bang nucleosynthesis. Big Bang, if you're a science geek, you'll probably already know what that is to a large degree, but for those who aren't very sure what it is... The Big Bang gets kind of a misnomer as an explosion in space that created space. Uh, that's not true. The Big Bang is more or less a hyper-expansion of space itself into what? I don't know. But it carried matter all throughout the universe. Um, everything cooled down. Again, this is a very, very simplified picture I really highly recommend you check out a book on um, on inflationary cosmology or something from your local library, because no matter what description, and this is one thing that always gets me, no matter what description that someone gives you of the Big Bang, it's going to be a very simplified picture, because it's so rampantly complicated that there's no hope for me or... You know, virtually any physicist to explain it in under a five-minute period without using pictures. So if you're listening to this podcast hoping to know more about Big Bang, nucleosynthesis, or inflationary cosmology, please go and get a book on it because it's very hard to convey that sort of thing just by word of mouth or by listening. But anyway, I digress. Big Bang, nucleosynthesis. Big Bang, we know what that is. That's the initial... Uh, expansion of space that carried matter throughout the universe. Nucleosynthesis is a complex word meaning nucleo or nuclei. We can think atoms, nuclei, atoms, uh, and synthesis or making of things. You synthesize uh, music on a synthesizer, except this has more to do with synthesizing uh, atoms as opposed to music. Uh, so nucleosynthesis means making of the atoms. Uh, big BBN uh, gives birth to hydrogen and just a trace amount of helium and lithium in the initial universe. 
Next comes stellar nucleosynthesis. Those big clouds of hydrogen collapse to form stars. Uh, they give birth through fusion of the, quote, heavy elements, or atoms who have a higher atomic number than two or three, which are hydrogen and lithium, or helium and lithium, actually. Um, elements past iron on the periodic table, interestingly enough, are made in supernova explosions. So, you know, all the things that we sort of put a high emphasis on for um, intrinsic value, like gold or silver, those are actually a lot more valuable than we think, because they're made in one of the most powerful explosions in the universe, that being supernovae. Images of uh, novae in general, of stars just giving off their atmospheres, are very beautiful pictures, very colorful. You can see how they eject material out into the universe. Um, these, uh, this ejecta is collected by stars who are already fusing things, uh, or are uh, these uh, ejecta are seeded into the accretion disks, remember from earlier, of early solar systems. So as a star is getting ready to form, it still has got a big cloud of hydrogen around it, collapses, conser conservation of angular momentum dictates that this cloud has to start spinning, it flattens out, um, you know, chunks of material collide and coalesce. This is how little, small debris forms, dust. This dust coalesces. This is how planets form eventually. Obviously, it takes a very long time. But these planets are seeded by the ejecta from supernovae. Gold, um, uranium, various other things. So planets are seeded with the ejecta from supernovae. This is where we get all sorts of complex elements from. So let's move to the dark side of matter. So what are, what is dark matter? I mean, we've been talking a lot about regular matter, but can we sum up in three words what dark matter is? And we can. We can sum up currently, at the time of this uh, recording, what dark matter really is. And that's in three words, we don't know. We just aren't really sure. Of course, time will tell, and you know, more study will put a more tight constraint as to maybe what we think it is, but at the moment, we're just not entirely sure. We have very many candidates, and the possibilities of testing through these things are coming up very soon. Towards the end of this year, we're going to have a lot of experiments trying to find uh, candidate dark matter particles, so stay tuned. Probably in the next 10 years, I'm guaranteeing it, but at least the end of the century we'll know. But prior to that, there is a good chance that we may know pretty soon, and a great chance that we'll know a little bit later down the road. 